right, everybody. Welcome to the Asking for a Friend podcast. My name is William Colley. I'm the executive pastor here at Downtown Community Church, and I'm joined by your lead pastor, Benjamin Kempfer. Ben, how you doing, man? What's going on, my people? I am excited to launch our first uh, midweek podcast, see how this goes. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, this is something we've been talking about for a while and um, something that we uh, are just eager to get started. <laughs> eager. Good word. <laughs> So, uh, so this past week we started a new series, mm-hmm. um, in my feelings, shouts um, out to Drake <laughs> and, and in case you're wondering, I wanted to initially call it more than a feeling by Boston. So if you're a little bit older and you don't know what in my feelings is, don't worry, you're in good company. Still waiting for the, uh, Kiki challenge from you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Pray about it. Pray about it. <laughs> um, awesome. So as we, why don't you just kind of give a quick overview of the series, um, for the people that maybe didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, or just before we get into some of these questions. Yeah. So the overarching idea behind the series is to help people have great marriages. We don't believe that Jesus died on the cross and used the primary metaphor for, you know, him in the church, uh, as marriage for us to have really bad marriages that don't reflect that. And so, uh, as we kind of surveyed a bunch of people and asked for a bunch of thoughts and advice and read some stuff, it, these are four big principles that we've gone over are one that we've gone over three more that we have to go um, that really helped to set us up and posture us to have really God glorifying relationships. In the first week, uh, we talked about the principle of the path, uh, and that is essentially a direction, uh, not your intention, not your emotion, and not your expectation ultimately determines your destination, that we're all on a path, we're all on a path of relationship, especially, uh, whether we're single dating, engaged marriage, uh, or married, uh, we're on decision-making paths, communication paths, we're on mm-hmm. financial paths, we're on intimacy paths, we're on purity paths. And so really week one was all about, hey, let's just evaluate and say, if I continue down the path I'm currently on, is it headed to the destination that I ultimately want to get to? Because all of us have um, expectations. We all have hopes and dreams of where we want to end up, what we want yeah. our marriage to look like, what we want our kids to be like, all that stuff. So um it's just kind of a, a bringing some self-awareness that, hey, there might be a, a, a difference, a, a gap between where I'm headed and where I hope to end up. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and, and realizing that events are leading to your ultimate destination. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so the reason we want to do this podcast is we realize that, hey, you know, relationships is a big topic, you know. Um, and so we really wanted to take some time during the during the week to kind of answer some of y'all's questions. So thank you to everybody that uh, asked questions. Uh, we're going to be posting on Instagram. Make sure you follow us at DCC Tally every Sunday, an opportunity for you guys to ask questions um, on there. And you can also just email us questions at dcctally.com. Um, and we should preface it by all these are anonymous. You know, we're not going to be throwing people's names out there. So if you're embarrassed by a question. Um, Unless you're trying to holler and you want us to throw your name out there as single ready to <laughs> mingle, then we'll be happy to. Let's do it. Um, it was just why we call it asking for a friend. So we're just throwing it out there. So, all right, let's get into it. Question number one, when you realize you're on a path that you don't want to be on, how do you go about getting off it? Yeah. So how do you change that? And that's really the important question. The, uh, to start off is to say that realization really is the most important part. Um, it's not the mm-hmm. easiest part, but it is the most important part. You can't change what you're not aware of. Yeah. And so simply being aware that if I continue down this path, I don't like where this path is going to ultimately end up. And so I need to change something. Um, we talked a lot on Sunday about how we understand this concept geographically, where if I'm driving somewhere and I realize that, you know, I'm lost, um, mm-hmm. that I need to up 
you know, get unlost really quickly. And uh, if I head west down I-10 from Tallahassee, I'm going to hit California, not Jacksonville. Uh, and I think the same thing's true with how to change, where if you think about it, lost is really difficult because you don't know really at what point you got lost. Mm-hmm. If you knew what point you got lost, you could just back up, you know, oh, I'm lost now, so let me back up five feet, and now I'm unlost again. I know where, where to go. There's just kind of this gray area, and all of a sudden you wake up and say, gosh, where do I go from here? Um, if you're driving, the great thing is we have smartphones now. So you can uh, just pull up your handy-dandy app and type in your destination, make sure your GPS is on, and it tells you exactly how to get there. You know, it used to be that you had to pull over to a gas station. Um, and I think that it's pretty true the same way. There, there needs to be this external sense of help, this external yeah. sense of how do I get to that um, point. Uh, it's really difficult to get on the right path if you've been going on the wrong path, especially for a while. Um, so uh, what I would say is once you've had that realization, find external sources of help. Most specifically, it's almost always um, in telling somebody uh, that you're on the wrong path and yeah. you need to get help to get to the right path. Uh, now, that's kind of a principle, and there are a ton of different ways that that could play out. That's not always just like telling your best friend, telling your roommate, or even telling your spouse. Sometimes it is. Um, but for instance, if you wake up to the realization you are on the wrong path financially, mm-hmm. right? You should talk to a financial planner. You should talk to someone about how to set your account up to where it you know, auto-drafts into one account and it pulls down to a second account so you retain savings and, and, and do some stuff like that. Um, if you realize with your personal mental health uh, that you've got some things that you need to work through, which probably all of us do, um, you need some help and you're probably not going to be able to figure that out on your own. You need to maybe talk to a friend to hold you accountable to go talk to a therapist. Or maybe just you go talk to a therapist yourself. Um, shoot, if you're on a, in a spiritual rut, you know, I think that was part of the question too at first is if you're in a spiritual rut, yeah. um, you need accountability. Most times people don't get in ruts because of the fact that um, God didn't show up. It's because I'm in a rut and I'm not reading my Bible, I'm not praying consistently, I'm not serving, I'm not in community. You know, there's all these things that are missing. Yeah. And, again, that's hard to change on your own. It's hard to know how to get back on your own. So usually some sense of external help and accountability is important. Uh, the the verse that this makes me think of is um, actually, so Ecclesiastes, Old Testament, Solomon uh, also wrote Proverbs that we talked about on Sunday, says this. He says, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, says, Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, a.k.a. goes down the wrong path, one can help the other, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Pity anyone who is going down the wrong path, realizes they need help, but doesn't have anybody around. Again, we talk about community, the importance of community all the time. This is why it's important. Um, Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. In other words, you continue on the same path, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then he brings this other idea in, a cord of three strains is not easily broken or not quickly broken. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, you know, you have those people as external sources that help to point you towards the right directions. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, it's um, this idea of, you know, the principle of the path and realizing you're on the wrong path um, and that awareness that goes for so many different areas, you know, not just relationships, but in it, when we're talking specifically about relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think probably one of the biggest things is realizing like, Hey, like nothing's off the table for me to get on the right path. Yeah. You know, yep. like, um, if it's going to take me, 
you know, breaking up with this person that is dragging me down, you know, but I've been with him for four years. I've, you know, we've been dating all throughout college or, or whatever the case is. Like, mm-hmm. are you willing to do that? Right. You know, or is, is your relationship with Christ more important than, um, you know, how long you've been with somebody? Yeah. Yeah. The quick example that I had, I heard a guy, I talked to a guy who was, who was struggling with some, um, purity stuff and computer and online stuff. And he was talking about how he got his, you know, who his accountability partners were. And he was, he was, this is, this is how, this is how, you know, this dude like really wants to follow Jesus and, and live, uh, for him is he said, you know, his dad's like his, his, his dad's one of his accountability partners. And another one is his mom. And I'm like, oh. dude, <laughs> like I love Jesus, but that's crazy. <laughs> Awkward. So anyways, so nothing's off the table when it comes to actually pursuing God. <laughs> All right. Hope he's listening. <laughs> Um, all right. So question number two, moving forward. Um, I think this is a really good one and, uh, probably one that anybody that is dating, um, and anybody that is looking for a spouse, um, is asking or has asked at some point, but how should men pursue women in a godly manner? Dude. So this is a great question. This is actually a really tough question. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, so let me tell you the lens that I, started to think about this question through because it helps to maybe inform how I'm going to answer this. Um, instead of saying, okay, what are some good ways? What are some tips for a guy to pursue a woman in a godly manner? Um, a lot of you guys know I have a daughter and she's the best thing in the world. Um, and so I wanted to think about this through the lens of, uh, 20 years from now, cause she's not dating until she's at least 23. Sure. Yeah. Um, so 20 years from now, if a guy was to pursue my daughter mm-hmm. as her dad and her spiritual leader what would I feel like? How would I feel like? What would he need to do for me to really feel like, okay, you you pursued her correctly in a way that was really honoring to her and to her family? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if Liam is pursuing Ava, my son's pursuing your daughter in 20 years. Yeah, the answer is going to be no. So, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so number one, I got here, here's a couple things. Now, this isn't a formula, so it, this is not a we'll get to know her first and go on three coffee dates and whatever. Um, first and foremost, be transparent with your intentions, be transparent with your intentions. If, if what I see too often is that folks, um, play this cat and mouse game and it's terribly unhealthy. Uh, it goes under the guise of the person who cares the least has the most power, which would be great if you didn't love Jesus. But if you do, that's the most unbiblical thing. It's the person who serves the most and cares the most about the other person has the most leadership in the relationship. Um, side note, but I think guys um, really, really, really need to work on this of having clear, transparent, this is where I am. In other words, th- how that plays out practically, you want to ask a girl out. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, I really like you. You seem cool. I'd like to get to know you better. Um, do you want to go to coffee? You know, mm-hmm. you go to coffee a couple of times. And let's say you like her and she, you think she likes you. Um, it's not a, you just for the next semester continue to just quasi date, but not really date, but then have times where you text late and you know, all this kind of weird stuff. Um, you say, Hey, I like spending time with you and I want to pursue you. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you just, I mean, just something as clear as that, um, I think is really important. And when you're ready for that, uh, I don't know how folks these days, uh, categorize stuff, but at some point you say, Hey, I want you to be my girlfriend and this is where I am. This is where I'm thinking about the future. I think that guys, um, need to be the most clear about where they are. And I think that's a huge problem. Uh, yeah. the other, the other ones are that you, I think you should pursue a girl, um, with purpose, but not with absoluteness. Uh, mm. Christians get a little bit wonky with this. Either we date flippantly and nothing matters and it's whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but I think there's a higher level of intentionality behind what the Christian is called to date with. On the other side of it, I definitely know folks who have been so intentional. It's like we're getting engaged in six months of this sitting working out. Like it was like this thing. And right, the Bible talks about guard your heart. Yeah. If it's just flippant, you're not guarding your heart. If you're overly intentional and it's like this is happening in marriage and it's happening in marriage fast, like like you're just thirsty is what, <laughs> is what they call that. Yeah. Um, that's not biblical. So, uh, you know, you, you want to be wise about it is, is the idea of it. And, and this is the last thing. This is the thing that I think is an I would absolutely, if someone didn't do this with my daughter, I would not approve whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and it's simply that her holiness comes first. Mm. That is the most important thing. Sure. Nothing else matters besides her holiness. Ephesians 5, my job, right, as the husband in the relationship mm. um, is to love my wife, to serve my wife as Christ loved the church for her sanctification. So her holiness is my primary purpose. Yeah. Um, now, when you're dating, you are not the spiritual leader, but you are accountable for how you steer the relationship. So yeah, if, if you're pretty dangerous, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're 19 years old, let me tell you, you are not my daughter's spiritual relationship, yeah. my, her leader. <laughs> I will curb stomp you if you think that. Um, but you absolutely are accountable to God and to me, truthfully, as her leader mm-hmm. um, for the direction that you lead uh, and, and guide and direct that relationship. So her holiness comes first, um, first and foremost, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think um, with that biblical principle of her holiness is the most important thing, like that, that's what we're called to do no matter where we are, you know, in our walk with Christ or where we are in our relational status. If, mm-hmm. As a, you know, a man that's been married for, you know, almost nine years, like my job is to continually, you know, lead my family um, mm-hmm. and serve my family um, and, and, and push them towards sanctification of being more like Christ. Yeah, and here's what's crazy about it, right? So we don't think about this often. First um, Peter 3 talks about this, that if I don't love my my wife well, mm-hmm. I'm not only accountable God, to God when I get to heaven, but God won't listen to my prayers now. Yeah. Like, that's huge. That's like, nice. God, like, I'm going to pray to God, yeah. right? I'm going to go and have a quiet time. I just, you know, was totally disrespectful to my wife, treated her like trash, whatever, thought of myself first, was selfish in it, and yeah. I go pray. God's going to say, no, I'm not going to listen to you. Like, that's huge. Yeah. And we like to minimize that and think that that's not that big of a deal. But yeah, I mean, that's, that is, that is the legit call and level of responsibility that I have to, to lead and to serve by leading that just simply means serving and put my family above myself. Yeah. And, and it goes back to the lesson of week one principle of the path, right? You know, Hey, the way you treat the girl you are dating now, you know, who says it's going to change when you get married? Exactly. If you're serving her now and if you are respecting her now, and if you are pushing her more towards Christ now and leading her in that way, you know, Hey, it's going to be so much easier when you get married. Oh yeah. For sure. And and so, um, practice those things. You might not be responsible, but you can practice that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would definitely, by the way, just say, Neither of us are perfect at this. We should oh, probably gosh, have our man. wives on this at some point. They'd be like, these freaking jokers. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, I but think, I think people would be interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pray about it. Um, all right. Last question um, uh, for this week's episode is, this is a good one as well. Uh, should I be marrying another Christian? So as a Christian, should you be marrying a Christian? So quick answer, yes. <laughs> um, I think the more important thought behind that is why. 
Um, the Bible talks about, uh, Ephesians talks about, I believe, uh, being equally yoked um, with someone who's a Christian or not being unequally yoked yeah. more uh, specifically. Um, and, and the idea behind that is uh, there's just going to be a pull in two different directions at two different wavelengths and two different strengths. Yeah. Um, and so the, the quick answer again to that is yes, but I think the why behind that, so functionally how that looks, and I'm sure this looks different at different points in life and marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, for my marriage, it, I almost don't know what it would be like to not be married to someone who's a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it makes sense um, that you can marry anybody when it's just God wants to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. Um, but if we're being honest, the call of the New Testament is a call um, to the denial of self and to sacrifice uh, in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, if I'm a Christian, let's say, you know, and you're not a Christian and we're together, what I'm saying is the most important thing in my life is Jesus, not you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a Christian, you're saying the most important thing in your life is me. But if I'm the most important thing, but you're not the most important thing, what happens is there's going to be a pull. So there's going to be a pull when I decide um, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give 10%. Now, for some folks who are listening, 10%, that's nothing because you make 300 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you're going to make, let's say, $150,000 a month. or A a month. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Tithe, downtowncommunitychurch.com. No, a year. Uh, You're going to make $150,000 a year. And and so you're going to decide, hey, we're going to give away $15,000. Now, if you don't love Jesus, like that's crazy. I mean, you're giving away a car, you know, a nice little Kia every single year. And on top of that, so so there's this, you know, generosity. There is, gosh, you want to talk about how to to raise kids in an environment where there is a um, crisis of faith, raise them where there is not unity uh, in faith. Uh, I, I think that, you know, yeah. I, I don't know how we would parent uh, them imagining if I wasn't a Christian, gosh, it would be very difficult for my kids to say, I know more than my dad and I believe what he doesn't believe. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that it's impossible, right? Because that's many of our stories, um, but it's just we're, we're stacking the odds against us. Man, shoot, time. I mean, how much time just for the two of us, right? We spend all my, – my wife has such a ministry to this church just simply on how much time she allows sure. me to be up here, you know, yeah. to, to meet with people, to spend time, to be in meetings, to post church. I mean, like people don't think about this, but just like functionally for us, my wife hasn't been to church with her husband except for maybe a couple times a year for – a half a decade yeah. since we've been married. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Lindsay doesn't know what it's like to go to light, to church with her husband. Yeah, same. But yeah. that's, yeah, Jewel, Jewel's the same way. Now that's one of those things where for her, I'd say um, that's her best part of her ministry. That's part of her sacrifice, yeah. her call to follow Jesus. So so here's kind of the, the bottom line of it. Um, if I'm marrying someone who's not a Christian, uh, the way that that pulls is eventually, uh, initially it's supportive. My experience is, eventually it becomes resentful. Mm. It's it's initially supportive and it's eventually resentful. Eventually I resent the fact that you're gone. I resent the fact that you're giving away our money. I resent the fact that you're, you know, taking our kids away when it should be family time. It, it, it's supportive at first and it sounds good at first. 30 years later, there's some resentment there. Yeah. Yeah. And we all, you know, we all know people that have, um, you know, have married a non-Christian, you know, have kind of gotten into that relationship and with, they started out when they were dating, you know, so they'll, they'll come around, you know what I mean? And, right. and uh, eventually they'll get it. And it's like, man, like personally, I don't know when that had an divorce, you know? Hmm. Um, 
And I'm not saying it's impossible, sure. you know, um, but why risk it? Why would you want to risk that? You know, um, as believers, like our relationship with Christ is the most important thing. Why risk that? You right. know, why risk um, how your kids are going to be raised and how um, you're going to be able to live out, you know, your Christian faith and everything. So, right. um, and I'd say too, if, if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, you're kind of on the fence. Like, this is something to, to take into consideration too. I think it's just yeah. as important of a question. It's like, do you really want to marry a Christian? Do you really want to marry someone yeah. who, for the rest of your life, says you're not what's most important in my life? Do you yeah. really want to marry someone who says for the rest of their life, I'm going to spend time away from you intentionally, and I think it's good. I'm going to give away our money. You know what I mean? There, there's yeah, so many yeah. things. If I'm a nominal Christian, then who cares? But if I'm actually following and pursuing Jesus, and that's the most important thing in my entire life revolves around that, and we don't agree on it, yeah. you know, in so much of what Jesus talks about is countercultural, like you're, if, if you want to and you're not a Christian, I think it's at least worth considering and thinking about that this is, there's a high cost of following Jesus, mm-hmm. and you're going to be partnered with someone who's going to be trying to count that cost their entire life. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, that wraps it up for today. Um, next week, we're excited to have, um, and hopefully the following weeks as well, our Women's Discipleship Director, Michelle Varan, with the us. The GOAT Michelle Varan. So, unfortunately, we couldn't uh, coordinate it this week, but uh, in future podcasts, we are excited to have her joining us as well. Um, so, you guys, feel free. Please, please, please ask questions. Um, like I said, on Instagram, every Sunday after the service, we're going to put up a question, and you can also email questions um, to questions at dcctally.com. Thank you guys. As always, um, we look forward to, um, hearing from you and have a great week. Hey, we love you guys. Y'all have a great one.